You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. You're listening to the I Dig It Podcast. A podcast where we talk about the student perspective of navigating the world of archaeology and anthropology. I'm your host, Michaela. And I'm your host, Alyssa. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Today we have a special guest, Shuvangi, also known as Shuvi. She is a second year PhD student at Stanford in anthropology and archaeology and specializing in critical heritage studies in India. She also wanted me to say this is her first time in the U.S. after 26 years of living at home with her parents. So first time independent woman. Welcome to the show. Love to hear Woo. it. Woo. <laughs> Woo. And for first podcast too, right? Absolutely. And I'm Exciting. so excited. Well, yep. we're so honored to have you here. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. What, how has your first couple of years at grad school been? Well, after, like I said, 26 years of living at home, I'm playing catch up on independent living. But um, so it's it's two years of a lot of firsts, of course, two years of starting PhD, starting PhD in a foreign land with uh, making a lot of good friends and not taking things, certain things for granted that I used to. And also having not seen my parents for a while, more longer than I would have thought. So ever since I left home two years ago to come to the U.S., of course, nothing to do with me. That's post-pandemic and uh, airlines constantly canceling my flights. I haven't been able to see them, which is also a bittersweet feeling in different ways. Yeah. I don't know if that's the answer you were looking for, but that's the answer you're going to get. <laughs> if that's your answer, that's the answer. We can't that's not it. talk about a COVID world right now. That's affecting everything. So. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Two years. Dang. How How is your family doing in India right now? Are they kind of away from all the crazy or right in the middle of it? Right in the middle of it, uh, but thankfully... Okay. And right now the bar for okay is that nobody's dead. So <laughs> everyone's okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of my uh, extended family got COVID. Some of them were also fully vaccinated. And even after mm-hmm. that, they got COVID, which I guess is why they're still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think like hopefully slowly and steadily things will get better. They have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about the new variants over there that are getting kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. One of my colleagues I'm working with right now, she's in India right now. Um, okay. We met through Fulbright, but she's back home right now. And yeah, same same bar has been set for her. <laughs> no yeah. one's dead. So I hope she's okay. Yeah, what she, part of the country she's in? I think she's in Delhi. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so epicenter of everything. Oh, God. I asked her how, um, like, getting supplies and stuff works, and she said there's Mm -hmm. a really good online network for receiving, like, groceries, like your basics, bread and milk and eggs and stuff. So that's been good, at least. She's been able to get all the resources they need to stay at home safely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think they stepped up on that after like the first wave had come in because uh, generally people are used to going to grocery stores. So that's one thing that was such a culture shock that nobody prepared me for when I came to the US that every grocery store is like 20 minutes away by car. 
mm. as opposed to five seconds by foot just outside your home. So anyway, there's a lot of culture of just going and getting things physically, which kind of really shut down when the first wave came. So that kind of gave time and opportunity for different platforms to develop grocery delivering, yeah, skills, opportunities, resources. But I, I still, it, it amazes me how they're maintaining their supply chain, considering like everyone's shut. And yeah, there's no going anywhere. Yay, happy times. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, hopefully everything just keeps working through and progressing in a positive way instead of um, creating more new scary variants in the world. And mm-hmm. Scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. fine. That's fine. <laughs> so tell us about how you started in this career what got you interested in archaeology where were you like before stanford it's quite i i would call it divine intervention than professional planning or <laughs> so back in india i did history i did history um I did three degrees in history all through my undergrad, master's and my MPhil. And I was pretty charted for that career. And uh, history in India is mostly Indian history. So you do a few courses here and there. Of course, you have an idea of the world. But when you go in for your specialization, for your research work, that's generally in Indian history. Most faculty and resources are catered around that. And I was quite down in the dumps uh, by the time I was in my MPhil. Because I was like, this field is so severely underfunded in this country and uh, students are not seen as, not, I, won't, I don't want to use the word workers, but rather people who produce work as opposed to study. Like studies like, oh, when you don't have employment, you study. And for some it's like that, but others, so there is a characterization of work really or intellectual academic work rather, which is different in the U.S., especially when you, you know, get into a PhD where you get paid, where it's academic work, research work, as opposed to, hey, you're just studying. Mm. So that was kind of getting to me and the academic environment um, at the place I was at the time wasn't great. So it was quite, why I say it's divine intervention, because my now advisor, it was in anthropology, which was also a field that I'd heard of, but never engaged with. It was a very straightforward dealing with history bit. And she had started a project in uh, in India, on India, like five, four or five years ago at that point in time. But in anthropology years, that's like three months. So she <laughs> had launched a book. <laughs> so she would be coming like every year and would be giving talks in history because anthropology is not that strong a field in India. And yeah, one of my professors at the time was like, you know, you were working on heritage. I was working on legislation around heritage at that point in time, like the first legislation related to uh, heritage, not even heritage, monument preservation was um, passed in India in 1904 and my dissertation was around that. So she was like, you should definitely go and meet this person. She's also working on heritage. And I did. And there was this Australian lady, you know, full like human sunshine, this ball of sunshine. And all my blues and my imposter syndrome was just like, oh, my God, I need this person in my life. I think that's where it started. (laughs) It was kind of like love at first sight. She did her talk. She uh, and later on, I got to know like she had chikungunya, which was basically a mosquito um, inflicted like disease. It causes a lot of heavy. It's like malaria or dengue. Mm. So you get a lot of fever, a lot of joint ache. And she was powering through that and doing her research work and field work and giving these talks. And in the midst of really humid August. Like uh, this was, yeah, I think it was, it was 21st of August, I think 2018. 
I tell you, love at first sight. <laughs> you remember when you meet your love. <laughs> <laughs> and then with the, my professor at the time, she, um, and in fact, uh, Shobna, um, who's also in my cohort here, all of us went out for a coffee and then we were just talking, oh my God, what are American institutions and systems are like? And she's someone who gives a lot of power, especially to female students. And mm. of course, you should apply to every place. You know, of course, your project is worth it. She did, she knew me five minutes. And I was like, if this woman who doesn't know me at all thinks that there's something worth happening, then okay I'm applying to anthropology now (laughs) so I mean the way I see it is like I applied to her and I didn't apply to Stanford or to the U.S. honestly never saw myself in the U.S. if you would have asked me like in 2018 also like 2018 July I met her in August but 2018 July where do you see yourself it was my answer was not going to be the U.S. Mm -hmm. it was going to be in India most probably just doing what I am and continuing on with the PhD there so yeah wow that's amazing. I'm so glad that you were able to meet her mm-hmm. in your home. That's a really yeah. cool experience. Well, mm-hmm. She sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, congrats. Thank you. <laughs> How was it going from like basically only history to also anthropology and having to take anthropology courses as well? Yeah, that's a good question. And I keep asking myself as well, how does it feel? Have you, do, you, do you know <laughs> you anthropology? Okay? <laughs> yeah, do you know anthropology, Shabhangi? Do you know it? Um, I think it was, there's so much hyping that people do about the interdisciplinarity of anthropology. Everyone had kind of hyped me up, including like when I was going through my Stanford interviews, etc., that your position as a person of history, your position to ace anthropology, not not because of history, but because like it's such a welcoming discipline. So everything is, every allied humanity, social sciences discipline is welcome. We work with everybody. And when I kind of joined classes, I was like, that is not really the case. <laughs> <laughs> Lies have been said, some major marketing has been done. <laughs> but okay, I'm here. They're paying me to do it. How bad can it get? Um, so yeah, I think the theory classes when I joined were pretty tough on me because I knew how to read, but again, like every discipline, even, and especially I would like to say history and anthropology are particularly deceiving because both of them are interested in similar questions, but their methodology is very different and rather the limitations also of their methodology are very different. So kind of like, okay, at that point in time, I'd been trained in history for like what? Seven years, seven, eight years. And you kind of have to leave all that behind in one, like nine 10, 10 weeks of theory classes. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, I'm understanding, I'm able to engage, but what elements of the text and theory am I supposed to, you know, uh, remember and build upon were very different. And that takes time. And I was like, I had time to marinate when I was doing that in history, because with undergrad, like everything step by step. But yeah, like here it was. So first it was pretty brutal. From that front, I was just like swimming. I was feeling like, I had a bunch of incompletes. Uh, there was, and then again, like I, I think the main thing that saved me was that I really got along with the rest of my cohort. So there was a lot of like, personally, I'd been, ne- I'd never been happier in my life. Professionally, I'd never been more miserable. And it, that was like an interesting, <laughs> <I understand> that. <laughs> yeah. So you had like friends, which was a luxury and you could like really, you know, went out to talk to who also related. So it wasn't even like sometimes with friends back home, that chasm of, you know, people not having the same context kind of increases. So I really had that, that kind of got me through. 
And the fact that I was getting paid like decently for the first time in my life was like a big, big, big. And for, if you know anything about Indian parents, like they don't care, but they didn't care. It was Stanford. I kid you not. They didn't give a shit. It was Stanford. They're like, <laughs> I, are they paying you? Do you need money for us? No, great. This is the best place on earth. <laughs> That really was the long and short of it. And till this date, my dad's extremely, he's very, he, it's not, it's a, my parents, it would have been easier if my parents had monetary expectations from me. They don't even have that. They just get very happy when I have money in my account. So every <laughs> quarter, my dad's like, have you, have you gotten your stipend? So even when Stanford summer plans were like just going here and there, he was like, but they'll give you your stipend, right? They won't take away your stipend. I'm like, that things are the world's a little bigger beyond this stipend you know, other things to do that the stipend is not why i'm here the phd is why i'm here you know so putting things in perspective but yeah stipend, but, but the stipend <laughs> so but yeah once um first year was there and i i, I would say one of the things I think that made things easier was when I made my peace with the fact that people keep saying there are bridges between disciplines, but they will not help you make those bridges. Mm. They will also not help you identify those bridges. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to go like Easter egg searching for them. English is my second language. So if my terminology or my references are completely off off beat, then just take it as that. That was perfect. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Easter egg hunting. Wow. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have Easter yeah. in India, right? They don't. I've never seen an Easter egg in my life. <laughs> this is all BuzzFeed. All my American popular culture education was BuzzFeed. I used to watch tons of BuzzFeed in India. Mm. Ten ways you can... Make friends or something of that sort. Anyway. But, uh, Which yeah. character are you? Yeah. Based on these food items. Exactly. Exactly. But like, you're a soggy French fry. That's how you, you roll in life. I am a soggy French fry. <laughs> how did they know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think once I started making those bridges and again, finding people who were willing to recognize me, see me for who I am, as opposed to what they wanted me to become, whether like professionally or personally, or as Stanford likes to say it, you know, the people you vibe with, you know, like just check their vibe. If the vibe is right, then the then everything will be right. And I'm not, this was our orientation day. <laughs> this is literally the person taking our orientation. They're like, get as much money as you can because these motherfuckers have a lot of money. And vibe with people. Just vibe. Vibes will get you a long way. They'll take you far. I know. How about the good vibes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know if that answers your question, but yeah, that's yeah, was, things are easier now, definitely. It was yeah. funny. Michaela, when I was like going through my existential crisis a few weeks ago, I was talking to Shuvi about it. And she's like, you know what? Just like milk Stanford for all the money they have first and then you can quit. (laughs) (laughs) What's the worst they're going to do? Fail you? You already want to quit. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. (sighs) Good advice. Yeah. 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 Am I ask, uh, allowed to ask uh, questions back at you or yeah? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. How's, uh, I know like Michaela mentioned that she's right now in the process of applying to places. So once that happens, yeah, would really want to know about that too. But Alyssa, like how has 
yeah, how has this been for you? I know like you from the little I know you do come from an archaeology background. You've had experience mm. with that. You've published in that. Woohoo, woohoo. Woo. I just and, the graphs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still I didn't write author. anything. I am like fifth author your on paper, the paper. Too. So. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm a zero, zero author on any paper. Zero, let's write something yeah. together. Let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say, even though I had a background in archaeology, I think it was a very different background um, because, like, our, we went to the same grad school in England for masters. That's where we met. Um, but England's very different in that it's very, like, methodology-centric and not so much theory. So I hadn't really touched theory at all except for, like, one class in undergrad maybe where we learned about Ian Hodder and, like, that was <laughs> post-processual archaeology and whatever. Yeah, so that was the only like taste of theory I had had before coming here. And so I, I find myself with the same issues. Like, what am I supposed to pick out of this? Like what's important? What am I supposed to bring up in class? Like, I don't understand what I'm reading sometimes, especially because we're reading stuff from like the sixties and the jargons a lot different. And yeah, so I, I totally feel you on that. Um, I do definitely see how like writing styles can vary a lot um even just between like UK writing style and US writing style that took a little bit to like erase from my brain because they're so different and like when I got to the UK too they were like no this is wrong you need to write this way and I'm like but I've been writing this way for forever and then when I came back here I'm like okay now I need to switch back to the other way so that was frustrating for the first term um but I, I think I'm okay at it. Or they're just being easy on us because of COVID. Who knows if my writing's actually good right now. No, so. no, take it for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But Nicola, what's what's your background? I'm sorry, I don't know much other than the fact that I think you're, you are a practicing archaeologist or no? Yeah. Um, so right now I'm currently working um, at a CRM job in Sacramento. So I am practicing archaeology, which is fun. I'm really happy to be in my field, especially after graduating and living in this pandemic world. Because as Alyssa said, we met in England and we technically finished in September 2019 with the master's. I stayed in England because I was trying to stay there forever mm-hmm. and trying to find a job and work there and work in heritage and archaeology there. But because of Brexit, because they're leaving the EU, they were just very hesitant to hire internationals. And so any application, because a lot of the applications weren't even, you'd apply to a specific person, you apply to an online portal, and then they ask you the question, are you going to be needing a sponsorship or do you need a visa? And if you put yes, it just automatically boots you out. And you talk to people and I like sent various inquiries being like, I'm my name is this, I'm just finishing up my master's in this, blah, 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 blah. And then they're just like, oh, we're not hiring internationals right now. And I'm like, okay, so what can I do? And I had moved up to Scotland and I was just draining my savings away trying to find a job. And I was even applying to like Starbucks and literally just trying to stay there because it's just a, it is such a historically rich city and Mm -hmm. country that I just felt at home at. So 
I ended up just kind of like giving up, not giving up, but it's like being a little bit more realistic. It's like sometime in the future, I will be back right now. Literally the world, this country is against this right now. So there's nothing I can do. So I'm going to move back home. And then I went home, got to see my family, came back for graduation. And that was in January, 2020. And then as soon as I got back, everything shut down because of COVID. (laughs) And so I had like applications in, I had like a couple interviews um, set up and then nothing. So it wasn't until August when Alyssa was leaving for Stanford that I got this job at the company I'm at because Alyssa was there previously. And then she was just like, Michaela has like the same degree. (laughs) She can do this. Take her. (laughs) Take her. And so, yeah, that's how I got here. So um, I'm currently looking into other things because this job is technically part time that I I'm like making money and then I'm spending it immediately on bills and rent. And that is not a practical way to live, especially when I'm trying to keep up savings and I'm looking into a PhD in Canada right now. And it's kind of like, would I be saving money? I don't think the money that I would be getting would be giving me enough to actually survive for four years. So just needing to be a little bit more realistic and so I'm now in my mid twenties. So just like <laughs> thinking, cause it's like, I want a savings. Like I want to be comfortable and not having to stress for the rest of my life. Cause I will be stressing for the rest of my life, but I'd like to not stress financially. Make it a little <laughs> easier. Exactly. So wow. that's what I'm currently up to wow. and the podcast yeah. and yeah, which is fun. <laughs> so I'm able to do like my digital side with the podcast and and then the editing for uh the stanford archaeology center so that's gonna be fun plug 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 Plug. (laughs) (laughs) we can plug in our own podcast yeah we're plugging in something that does not exist at all but we'll plug it never it will it will izzy and i have a meeting coming up this week where we're going to talk about it it's gonna it's gonna go down yeah no so at the end of our podcast and their podcast we should drop each other's names and be like oh absolutely we share common expertise right like Nicola is going to be the common expertise on both of these things so (laughs) your name is going to be a perpetual hyperlink for times to come (laughs) like you click this and it goes to my website oh absolutely (laughs) beautiful yeah that's wonderful and that's quite quite a ride so Mm. I really good luck I hope like it everything will work out it should why shouldn't it but yeah, I hope it works out sooner than later. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a good way to put it. <laughs> Something will work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Michaela didn't say so, but Michaela recently had an interview with one of the PhD um, professors mm. and they really liked her and want her to come out. So she's got a big decision to make whether <laughs> she wants to do it or not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to leave this into the podcast. I, I, I'm just like, see, my strategy is to have the best jokes around the most controversial information so that you are really, really struggling. Should I keep this great entertainment value? <laughs> so good. But yeah, <laughs> but it'll so destroy my life. Should I just, should I? Well, I, mean, I mean, I definitely think it's fair to like, there's always internal controversy around deciding whether to go into a grad school program or not. I don't think like having that doubt is a make or break situation because I think everyone feels it and it is a lot to consider too it's a big chunk of your life what's different about like the public and private it's like private I feel like you get more you get stipends and everything's kind of funded but it's like more public you have to fund yourself and Mm -hmm. so 
that's the struggle. And it's like during my undergrad and high school, it's like never really learned about grants or scholarships or anything. And so it's not even until like this last year or two that I've actually learned about them. And I'm like, these exist. Like, how do you even like, I didn't think I could ever apply to these things. Like didn't know anything about it. Nobody, I had nobody to like teach me or take me under the wing to tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are opportunities, whoever's listening out there. <laughs> so just be sure to look for them, <laughs> Google them even like yeah. they're all over the place. You just gotta, gotta find them. I feel like you get more communication with like government grants than you do with random ones you will find on the internet. Like there's so many that I applied to that I just like never heard back. And I don't know, it's, it's, you have to like target your grant to each grant, which is frustrating a lot of the time. Oh, that's good. That's waiting for you in year two, spring quarter proposal writing. How's that going? (laughs) That's been going for the past 10 and a half hours, precisely. (laughs) So just writes and writes. I'm on draft three. And it's really, it feels like the end of my life. And this this quarter is the first time in my two years here. I'm like, was I better off in India? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But then my dad's like, they're still paying you. So you better not do that. Okay, dad. Stipend too. What are the expectations for the proposal? Like what what do you have to produce exactly? So uh, the way they structured it, uh, so CS and Archeo both do it at the same time. But of course, like they have different instructors and they they target different grants, which are more suitable. So to those sub-disciplines. So archaeology prepares for Venegren, uh, CS prepares for NSF. Um, and which is good because apparently Venegren is more conducive to a more mixed sub, sub-theme or sub-discipline research. So the expectations are show up do drafts, write a fuck lot. <laughs> By fuck lot, I mean I have a thousand words per week, which is not a lot for people, but just drains the life and soul out of me. Because I don't know if if you guys notice, I love talking and I can just do that. You can make me <laughs> yap about anything for three hours, which is precisely also why I asked if we could do this today. Because I was like, I'll be 10 hours not talking to anybody. So it'll be like, a, <laughs> like a verbal vomit. Get it out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You guys are the casualties. So... <laughs> It's not the worst casualty. I welcome That's it. very kind of you. <laughs> it's very kind of you to welcome my verbal diarrhea. Very, very kind. <laughs> so. We're here for it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And write and yeah, meet up with certain people every week. <laughs> and engage with them. Quote, unquote, constructively. Quote, unquote, politely. Quote, unquote, uh, intellectually. Yeah, those are those are the expectations. It is uh, those those are the expectations. Mm-hmm. Sounds rough. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the pain in your eyes. Yeah, I really can. <laughs> all through all through the continent. Get ready for US. this list. Please tell me there's better things ahead. <laughs> it, it gets over. It gets over because you die. That's how it gets over. <laughs> Rest in peace. Is that optimistic? Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll quit like third term, second year. That'll be my point. <laughs> See, I would say definitely quit if you have to after summer quarter because that's easy money. Mm. So definitely take that fine for your incidentally money funding. And then, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Take okay. an incidentally funding. Yeah, yeah. Have a great summer. Yeah. Buy, buy a laptop or two. Buy some oh, yeah. equipment and get it reimbursed. In fact, you need to get any dental procedures now at the time. Oh, I do, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Summer stipend. Let's mm-hmm. go. <laughs> yeah. By the way, dental in the US is like frigging expensive. I guess it's expensive all through the world. Not in Cambodia. 
well, not even in India, depending upon where you go. So I went from like free dental care to like $600 for a dental cleaning. That's like Palo Alto really. Yeah, Palo Alto is a different story though. Anyway, sorry, I digress. So you're, are you on the East Coast right now? Yeah, I'm in Virginia at the moment. Nice. Um, so will you be coming back to Palo Alto in the fall if everything's online or not online, I should say? I guess because my coursework's over. So I was actually thinking of uh, doing an exchange uh, September, but I think that's kind of fallen through due to offline story, we'll tell. But yeah, I applied for housing. All of that got through, got my results. So yeah, if- Where are if, you living? It, uh, high rises, the cheapest. <gasps> <laughs> what do you think? You're right of next course. to me. We're going to be neighbors. Ooh, yes. In fact, I was living there. I had this fantastic, you know, like, you know, you've gotten it good and God is really looking out for you when your bathroom, your toilet has a window. That's oh, when you know you've gotten window it. See? <laughs> I know. So you have like a corner apartment? Or? Yes. On the ninth mm-hmm. floor. Wow. And my room was the one with the sliding door. So I had this unobstructed view to like a lot of like good views again English <laughs> is my second language <laughs> and I have had the slew of the most wonderful roommates one after the other others have horror stories my roommates just got better and better so I had like three Aww. over the course of like the one one and a half years I was living there and yeah the last my last roommate like uh, yeah Offrey this is for you yay represent <laughs> absolutely wonderful person um whatsapper nigerian inspiration yeah so she and i really really hit it off i mean i've i've been in touch with like i think most of them but uh yeah i was living the good life paying the cheapest rent and having bang for my buck those are the ones like in between evgr right they all have the slidey doors they're the old ugly ones so uh some of the that's really they're, they're really one of the oldest you look at, have you ever stepped into one? No, I've never been in one. Yeah. Hence the look of admiration on your face because there should be none. <laughs> <laughs> they look cool. For, at least they have like airflow though. EV, EVGR doesn't have Really? Airflow. That's that's what's going for it. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I've heard EVGR is so bad. So it's also like freaking expensive. So yeah, I mean, depends on what apartment you get. I think one of my friends, she was living on the sixth floor and she had like a middle apartment. So yes, they had windows, but like the kitchen didn't get any light. The bathroom didn't get any light. And for me, like it's a pet peeve if bathrooms don't have like a window. Oh, oh I have I have a very nice vignette uh, about my toilet, uh, which I must must share. So <laughs> please, please do. <laughs> I'm kind of notorious for toilet vignettes. So no, nothing happened, but it's just the placement, like a certain feature of my toilet that I really wanted to bring to your notice, uh, to our viewers and uh, sorry, our, our listeners uh, today. So uh, the way, so it's a corner apartment and the way it was, you got into it on the left side, you're the bathtub and shower straight ahead. You had the, um, uh, what you call the wash basin. And on the right, you had the commode, right? The toilet pot and right opposite the toilet uh, pot, you had the window. Okay. Which was when, if you sat on it, right. You could really see throughout. Now, in the olden times, by olden times, I mean pre-COVID and pre-EVGR, there used to be open farmland or whatever, open empty space. Okay. So you could really like, while you were doing the deed, you could really like, you know, enjoy the views. Now, what happened when the EVGR project started was suddenly there was a building there and that building had people inside it. So at night, when you switched on the light and you were sitting on the toilet, 
and the window if you looked out the window you could literally like lock eyes with somebody <laughs> <laughs> and yeah just so my friend used to joke that this is how i'm going to meet the love oh, of my no. life by sitting on the toilet and just like locking like yeah my toilet my toilet are they also on the love. toilet i don't know see i think uh, for it to be true love they had to be on the toilet i guess otherwise it's just one sided love where yeah, i'm at my vulnerable like so. best and they're not that that's would a make a great <laughs> short story <laughs> yeah no so it gets better so that's why our apartment was the first one and nobody had heard of this ever like it's not that unusual but it's just use- unusual for the location it was in we got window blinds in- installed and that's how we got to know that stanford had so much money because my brother went to a state school in california and they had some situation but not in the toilet somewhere and they said yeah just make your own curtains and put it we're not just we're not going to do anything so the fact that i could put a fix it help ticket and like a person came and was like installing the blinds and it was by the way like a female carpenter or whoever the the handy person which was really cool like an older lady and she was like this is the first time a request like this has come i'm like yes because it's a very unusual situation like literally so every morning like you know when you get up like in big houses you go and open the curtains and everything and you just like air rooms one of our jobs used to just go to the toilet and just like take the <laughs> blinds so that our toilet seat could get sunlight so it could get disinfected so that was also mm. like a prime real estate feature we had natural sunlight disinfecting our toilet seat yeah you heard it here first Yeah, a potential soulmate finder. I know. If this, this doesn't make me famous, I don't know the what. The porcelain throne right there. <laughs> I know. And I like desperately want to animate this now. Just like short story. We have okay, Shubagni on the it. on the toilet just like That's how you want to remember me? <laughs> this this is how you want to remember me of all the looks I've served <laughs> and curated through classes in these past 10 weeks with you. This is how you want to remember me. Like literally, my Zoom profile is like me till my shoulder length, and I'm sitting on a pot right now. That's that's what I'm doing. You will have so much happiness after finding your toilet lover. Wow, this is going to become a thing with you right now. No, I'm going to tell the university to install a toilet directly across, like make that a bathroom, because that's that's wow. what, it's not going to be a one sided love. It'll be. Complete you guys are soulmate. horrible. You guys are horrible. <laughs> praying, praying on my vulnerable situation. I'm sorry. In fact, I want this to happen for you. No, as a digression to that, I remember one time I was in India, sitting on the toilet, and we started getting an earthquake. And the first thought in my oh, no. mind was, forget like loved ones, family, and material objects. But I was like, I can't die like this. <laughs> this is the most vulnerable. I don't even. I don't even have enough time to pull my pants up because uh, you just don't pull your pants up when yeah you're going number two. You have to like do things in and around, right? So I'm like the the world's shaking, and I'm like I need to finish. Please, world, I can't <laughs> die today. I need to finish. Can you not? <laughs> I know. I've had the most. Spiritual, deep, life-changing experiences in the toilet. That's what I'm saying across continents. I mm. cross the seven seas to basically come and sit a on special the place. It's where you get all your answers. I know, I know. I'm sure you guys weren't expecting this kind of conversation today. I'm sure of all the ready for anything here. We've been blessed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you get that corner apartment again, so that all your toilet dreams so can too. come true. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. I believe I in you. <laughs> the universe is in your favor. Yes. You've been chosen. Oh, 
<laughs> I have been chosen, unfortunately, for the wrong things <laughs> so far. <laughs> the choosing bit has not been the problem, my dear. It's what I've been chosen for. <laughs> that's, been, that's been the problem. <laughs> but I've applied, yeah, with a friend this time, and they apparently Stanford Housing thankfully gives you uh, an option to apply as a group with your friends, where you choose the same housing category. So most probably, I'll get to live with my friends. So again, roommates Yay. even get better and better. Yay! We love to hear it. That's cool. Is your friend someone in the anthro department or did you meet them outside? She's my cohort. So you know her. Oh, cool. Shandana. Yeah. Oh, nice. I love her. Yeah. She's yeah, amazing. I love her too. Yay. Fine. I'm excited to meet anyone in person, honestly. Wow. Wow. Really frames that so nicely. I would love to meet you, Shubhi. I would love to meet Shandana because I'm ready to meet anybody. And you. Especially the most horrible you, person. No. Please. No, that was a bad no. scene. Okay, that I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. Yes. <laughs> no. You know I love you. We're always texting like in class and it's super funny. Um cuz <laughs> our class is like at the end of the day so everyone's like slightly delirious and super tired, but it's fun to have like conversations. And the most in fact I think one of the classes where it's 2:30 to 5:30 for you it's 5:30 to 8:30 for me right and both Serena and you both in the same time zone sitting with wine glasses and beer and I don't drink so I'm sitting with like a sad as water being like yeah guys four more but I'm a part of this gang I'm going to get high on water or dehydration <laughs> whichever comes first yeah oh my god yeah that was funny the one day we did that everyone messaged everyone else in the group chat and said that they were like they were sending photos of their drinks for the second half of class so everyone was <laughs> drinking something during that class that was funny yeah good times <laughs> yeah, i'm very domestic that way i think the other time you'd send something on i forget what it was and i was cutting onions at that time so i'm like what's the most happening thing i can be doing right now cutting onions and alisa was yeah so that you can feel something and i was like where's the lie though where is the lie though I drink water like this and then they come out like that. <laughs> so that's the circle of life right there. So I want to ask what is something you wish you would have done differently or really glad you did do the way you did in your first and second year at Stanford Anthropology? I'll sound like an asshole when I say this. There is actually nothing. And that's for two reasons. One is, of course, things that went wrong. Like I knew that it was not in my hands. And by things going wrong, there was nothing majorly that went wrong. If I struggled with classes, I would have struggled with classes irrespective. I did whatever I could do and what was available at that time. Uh, and regarding other things, I am someone, hashtag modesty, uh, is, <laughs> <laughs> is extremely good at learning from other people's mistakes. And I like to listen to them quite a bit. So when somebody says, I remember there was a third year when I was in my first year, I think a second year or third year who was like, yeah, dude, just take a yoga class. If you need to fill your, fill your credits, just take, take a yoga class. Don't, don't stress so much about like, I'm like, okay, cool. I won't. So I didn't take a yoga class because my advisor would kill me, <laughs> but I did, but I was like very chill about like, I'll just do whatever I can and reasonably keeps me motivated for this pursuit of education. Because especially like after the two harrowing years I had for the, my last degree, like I was really emotionally drained. 
so that uh, that that idea of like getting up in the morning and feeling happy about life like that was me like for the first six months i was the happiest bitch on the planet <laughs> so you'd be like motherfuckers here i am for the day and uh, yeah i'll be flipping pancakes i was cooking i'm yeah and everybody everybody else was miserable because different things adjustment you know mm-hmm. getting used to making new friends not me everybody was miserable except for me and i and they would get irritated with me like why this bitch so happy I'm like come and i used to cook all the time and just like invite people and i i have a bit of social anxiety so i can't it's very difficult for me to introduce myself to people like mm-hmm. once they introduce themselves then i'm like just like cocaine on fire again <laughs> <laughs> but you get the point as lit as cocaine on fire would be but um so yeah um so i would just like invite people in twos and also when they would have said a hi or they would have introduced themselves or something and yeah i had these set things that i would just make in cl- uh, in class i would say at my home uh and i would feed them and then they would get happy and i would get a hi and then the the, the vicious cycle of ingratiating myself and embedding myself in other people's lives whether they wanted or not continued yeah i think that's about it i think the only thing i wouldn't <laughs> would have changed differently was i so last fall quarter i was here at my family's but i still kept my stanford apartment so i paid a quarter's worth of rent <laughs> i wouldn't have done that <laughs> that's the one thing i would have changed <laughs> saved a quarter's worth of rent that's yeah that's the thing i would have done differently well, it sounds like the first 2 years have been just <laughs> going as yeah. they've been going <laughs> yeah for the so good and for the bad things. yeah They've been pretty great, though. Can't complain. I mean, nobody said that it's going to be easy. So it's definitely difficult, but it's a good kind of difficult where you know, like your ability matches the difficulty. So, but it's like at par. So you're. It's not if your ability is more than the difficulty, then you get bored. You don't feel challenged, and if it's the other way around, you just feel completely jammed. So it's more like, especially I would say, like even for instance, proposal writing, because that's what we've been talking. It's a ten-week course. everyone says okay editing you know criticism constructive criticism feedback that's the way it goes it's taken me fucking 10 weeks to write three drafts it's it's drained the life out of me but it's been like okay it's a process all of us are in together and everyone being kind so i think i've been extremely lucky including with you guys that you've been extremely kind to me always so just like yeah kindness really helps at least me and i guess most of us also just get through difficult times but say it if you mean it yeah not like Yeah, you cool. Full stop. Go. So it's <laughs> have fun. <laughs> have fun. Bye. Never see you again. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Hugs. Have a great summer. Hugs. <laughs> <laughs> Never see you again. Basic yeah. responses. I think one thing you said I learned this year also was the person who told you to take the yoga class. I learned to not fill my entire schedule with anthropology and like throw other stuff in there too because I did that for the first term or two and it was just so exhausting to have to read like 500 or more pages per week per class for like two or three classes and I'm like oof don't want to do that so this this term I took one anthropology class with one language class and then like random little filler credits like a covid-19 class and like stuff like that where you just like kind of sit and learn and don't have to do any work for it so I think I'm going to keep doing that for as long as I can as long as the units allow me to take the full 18 honestly fill it in with whatever just make sure the logistics or le- rather the admin people works in place because that kind of comes back to bite you in the ass I don't know what 
took me one quarter. I just said, yeah, I'm going to be honest. I just want to do 11 units of work. So I'll just enroll in 11. And for uh, foreign visa holders, we need to be enrolled in a minimum of eight to 10 graduate units in order to keep our visa status. I was like, yeah, it's 11. And then I was like, fuck, that means that in order to make up for the extra seven that I'm supposed to, I'll just have to take extra units like every quarter. So I'm like, just fill it with brown bag, just do colloquium, do things you're not even going to like, just take those fillers, do the yoga class. That's still better than, yeah, because you never know when they come handy. Mm-hmm, definitely. Absolutely. Because for our program, you need to hit a minimum amount of units. They don't all have to be anthro, though. And then you have to hit a minimum amount of anthro classes, which is like six or something like that. Yeah. So you can fill in the rest of them with whatever, as long as you hit like a certain number. Uh, are you planning to do a minor, though, or no? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how that works. Um, and I don't know how many you need for minor. Depends on the department. So it's actually pretty easy. And again, so the way you don't, we can take uh, courses out of department, they also count towards your minor in most places. Mm. So depending upon like choosing. So I am doing a history minor because I was like roots. Uh, <laughs> and that just required like 20 units of uh, 300 level graduate course. Mm. That's it. Mm-hmm. So that's four courses. And I could do that replacing some of my anthro courses as well mm-hmm. and that's it i don't need to give exams i need to have anything i'm not going to be done and dusted yeah i think if i was going to do a minor i'd want it to be like in the uh, i forget what the acronym it's like triple es it's like energy and whatever um but they don't have a phd minor and so i can't do that and same with like geography i don't think they have a phd minor either so Maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe they do. But to I think to hit that course requirement, like there's only one GIS class, which is a thing I'm interested in. And then everything else would be like kind of outside of my (laughs) realm of interest. So, yeah, I might just take those classes and not do a minor, but like like do the focus thing like we were talking about how you can have a master's on the way to a PhD and then like name it what you want so I might do that relevant to GIS stuff yeah yeah that's smart but the reason I mentioned it is like it was so mind-blowing to me that these things existed when I came to the U.S. because I just didn't have those options so I used to hear about people like doing like double majors or like double masters and like having a minor in this and a major in that and like the PhD specialization like I had none of that and a lot of these things are like bonus additions that require like let's say 20 percent more effort at times and then they looks so good and they suddenly you're like an expert in this of course like then also makes you think about kind of like once you know how these things are accrued whether like how qualitative they actually are that's like damn like this is like free money just take it (laughs) take it a minor take it yeah (laughs) that's that's the theme of the podcast Free money. Free money. <laughs> and my Indian dad. Just take it. And toilets. Just take it. Toilets. <laughs> yep. It's a good, like, real talk, real PhD talk. Real PhD. Right here. Real people, not a robot. Real people, not robots yeah. that are trying to sell you their university. <laughs> and they make me check. Uh, look at the traffic lights on these four by four squares. Do you see traffic lights? Oh, you missed that corner. You need to do this three more times. <laughs> you failed the course. <laughs> Yeah, I do yeah. these letters and numbers mm-hmm. for this captcha. It's like, oh my god, I can't tell what that is. I know, and they never tell when something's uppercase or lowercase. Never. No. Neither. 
It's like, maybe okay. I am a robot in this simulation <laughs> of the world. Is this real? <laughs> Who knows? Who really knows? Yeah. That is the real talk. I feel like we as like archaeologists should know the most about that, though, if we are actually anything. (laughs) Next topic. Um. (laughs) Are we holograms? That'll be next time. (laughs) In this episode of the podcast. Yeah. I'm obsessed with simulation theory, though. I love that theory so much. I'm excited for June 1st. We shall be learning from the U.S. government about potential aliens and UFOs. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like... Why would only the U.S. have this information and why are they the only ones giving out the information? So if anything really is happening, other countries would just be like, yeah, we've known about this. Other countries know about this. U.S. doesn't know everything. Don't come for me, FBI agent who's watching me. (laughs) No, let me give you some mind-blowing information straight from India. Oh, I'm so excited. We have like, we have this god-awful hashtag, extremely awesome. Like, it's so, it's so bad, it's so good. Kind of a news channel. It's called India TV. And they, I kid you not, and this went viral in India. This was a few years back. About alien abduction of cows. Okay. Mm. And Indian cows in specific. Because if you know anything about India, like, we're obsessed with our cows. So they were like, do aliens. And this was like in very chaste Hindi and very, like very earnest, very earnest. And with, with like infographics and like these animations, okay. Do aliens abduct our cows? Do they abduct our cows because they like drinking milk? Why do they like drinking milk? Like just the, the line of logic. Like, of course they abduct cows. They abduct cows because of milk. And they abduct cows because they like drinking milk. Then why do they want to drink milk the way we give our babies milk? Do they also give their babies milk? And then they had like this like cartoonish like vertical image of this this uh, a UFO coming and then just like oh beaming a light and picking like a couple of cows up and yeah, this is real. I can send you. It. Please find please, it and please. send it. Oh, we'll post that on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, it is. It, it's some. Yeah. I Somebody was this. high while just writing that. Oh my god! I yeah. love it. That sounds yeah. hilarious. Like as if, and UFOs would be interested in Indian cows, like not even like cows, like Indian cows. That's the thing because Indian cows are special. Like they're just ways our cow. My countrymen hype up themselves the way nobody can. Like we need nobody else. We're best. We're best. Our cows are best. Cows are best because the milk is best. (laughs) UFOs also know that. Aliens also know that Indian cows are the best. What other proof do you need? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Hashtag Indian cows, number one. Hashtag Indian cows, title of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or as, uh, as uh, our teacher said, you need a topic sentence. This is your topic sentence. Don't have too many topic sentences because then you won't be able to choose. What's the topic? <laughs> have you talked about Indian cows in any papers? <laughs> no, because they're self-evident. Like, you don't talk about things that are just world-established truths. You talk about things that require investigation. Yes, yeah. very true. Exactly. That's why I have this. And, and I, I will not be discussing this ever again because it's just so so self-evident and so established. Yes. Indian cows are the best. Okay, This was purely for Number educational one. purposes. Yeah, just in case any of the listeners did not know. Yes. Yes. How did they not know, though? Ignorant. Oh <laughs> the, the listeners are learning so much today about toilets. I'm going to get lynched cows. on the street when I go back to England. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. That's what I'm setting myself. I, can't, I cannot go back. Two years, fuck that. I can't go back to the next 36 years. I mean, that generation of people with this memory like just goes away. Yeah, I can't. 
It's on the internet. It'll be there forever. Oh, and then oh, no. as a digital archaeologist, it will be here forever. What do you remains and all that shit? Oh my yep. god. Yep. I'm gonna put it in stone, which is the one of the most preserving forces of nature for anything written. I'm gonna write out this entire episode. <laughs> you do that. The new Hammurabi's code. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hashtag yes. Indian cows at the top, <laughs> <laughs> and then do like a little UFO on top. <laughs> what does it mean? And, and a toilet seat. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Beautiful. Do you have any links that you want to say or give out, or any shout outs that you want to give? Any uh, social media links? Other other than this, absolutely important. Uh, yeah, news. Occasion oh, when we had self confirmation, uh, <laughs> confirming news, the English. Uh, so, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, it's as, um, it's not simple. I don't know. It's Shubhangni Gupta, but uh, everyone, it's just too many letters. Yeah, too many letters. Um, <laughs> I'll write it down in the yeah. description. Awesome. So I'm a freelance artist. Sometimes I paint and I sketch and I post stuff on Instagram. So that's cool. I don't use Facebook. LinkedIn, what is that even? Academia.edu, not really there. In terms of shout, I would like to give a shout out to you guys. Like this was so much fun. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Like this was this was like, yeah, me popping my podcast cherry. So uh, thank you so much for that. I wouldn't I wouldn't have wanted to Honored. wanted to do it with anybody <laughs> except for you guys. This was a We're great treat. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So happy to have so, you. <laughs> yeah. Cheers with my empty water bottle. Yes. Again. Cheers with my yeah. day old coffee. <laughs> Cheers with a stuffed penguin from Edinburgh. Fantastic. You guys are killing it clearly. So I want to end on saying I would like to commission a painting from Shubi. And I want it to involve toilets and cows. Wow. Yes. And I will hang it in my living room. So I have to humiliate myself for posterity. Got it. So that yes. anybody who visits you, and I'm the creator of my own destruction. Got it. Yes. Thanks, yes. Lisa. I would like. No. Thank okay. you. <laughs> done, done. Anything for you. Any toilet seat for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank Thanks so everyone much, for joining us, and thank you, Shubi. Thank you, Shubi. See you next time. Bye. Bye. This show is produced by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno, Nevada at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.